Well, today, whether you're with us online or joining us here in person, we're continuing in our sermon series that we started last week entitled Making Wise Decisions. We began last week by considering what is a wise decision. What's the difference between a foolish decision and a wise decision? And we considered that every decision that we make impacts not only our present moment, but who we will become. That the phrase, you are what you eat, can be adjusted to be you are what you decide. Because our decisions impact, again, not only our present moment, but who we are to become. And so we looked at a couple of verses from the New Testament, in the New Testament book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 15 and 17. Verse 15, we read, Be very careful, then, how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. And then verse 17, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. We looked at what is the difference between a wise and an unwise decision. And a fool described in the Bible is not someone who, who's lacking intellect. A fool is someone who lives life without God in the picture. Psalm 14.1 we considered. Therefore, he said, if a fool says in his or her own heart, there is no God. Therefore, a fool, according to the Bible, according to the wisdom writings, is someone who lives without God in the picture, who makes decisions without consulting or considering God. It doesn't mean that all the decisions are bad. Those decisions could lead to good things, but it's still foolish, both in the short term, but no doubt in the long term, and no doubt in the light of eternity, if God is not a part of the equation, and he's not part of the picture. In contrast, a wise decision is one where God is consulted, where looking at who God is and what pleases him and what's his will according to his word, making decisions in that manner. And so we looked at the, the difference between them. And so today, as we continue, and I want first to ask a question, how did it go? As we think about this past week, the action step of last week, if you recall, was to seek to increase the percentage of decisions you made with God in the picture. So I've been praying for you, even if it was just once, even if it was a percent increase of just 1% this past week, or maybe you were heading somewhere, maybe you were deciding to do something, and you thought, God, what should I do? What's the wise thing to do here? My prayer is that will continue to increase in the weeks ahead and continuing through 2022 and then beyond. So I ask, how did it go? Maybe you already forgot about it. Sometimes people forget a sermon by 1 o'clock once the football game's on. But hey, I just want to remind you of that action step. Uh, there'll be more action steps later. I was really encouraged. I received one email saying that someone indeed did team up with someone else to, keep, to talk about that action step. So that's something I continue to keep before you, whether, no doubt, if it's your spouse, a friend, someone in your small group, find someone to team up with as we consider these truths in the weeks ahead. And so now we turn our attention to the first focus area of wise decisions. As last week we looked at the difference between a foolish decision and a wise decision, today we're going to focus on time and our scheduled decisions. As we consider the decisions we make, how we spend our time, how we dedicate our time, where we make time deposits. Because in between verses 15 and 17 in Ephesians 5, there's verse 16. And that verse is, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So let's take that whole passage back in verse 15. Be very careful then how you live, Paul says. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So in the middle, he says, make the most of every opportunity. Other translations have redeem the time. And redeem is an accounting term. 
And in this use, it's an accounting term which means make the most of it. Get the full value of it. Meaning, pull from that moment in time everything that you're meant to get from that moment in time. Get the, redeem that time. Get the most out of it. Get the full value. Paul is saying, don't waste any time. According to God's ways and God's words, make the most of every opportunity and view time through that lens. Why? He says, because the days are evil. The days are evil, meaning we don't live in a neutral world and time is not going to be redeemed or good on its own. That we, with God's help, need to take intentional steps to redeem the time, to get the full value of it. And if we want to make wise decisions with our time, we'll see our time through that lens versus just happening to move throughout our days where we may use time for not good purposes or maybe even worse, just waste time and have it just float away. So I want us to consider a couple truths about time this morning. Uh, These truths are somewhat self-evident, but we'll see them as they arise out of this passage in Ephesians 5.16 and also some other passages in Scripture. And then I want us to consider how we make time deposits throughout our day. What are the scheduling decisions we make and what impact does that have, not only in our present moment, but in who we're becoming. So let's dive right in. We're going to look at three time truths. The first time truth is this, that time is a limited resource. If you think about your time, it's, it's limited. There's only so much time that we have. I love studying words. I love looking at words sometimes with a, a different angle and, just, and slowing down. And even the word lifetime. Think about it in your lifetime. It has two syllables, life and time. Time is your life. And it's limited. Right? A prayer from Moses that's included in the psalm, Psalm 90. In verse 12, we read this. We read that teach Moses prays, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. Help us to get a glimpse. Help us to see God's perspective that our days are numbered, Moses prays. Teach teach us to number our days. Why? So that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Here, I believe Moses, who had quite a life, Moses did, didn't he? As he's reflected on his life and reflected on time and decisions he made, here he's asking God, for, on behalf of God's people, teach us to number our days. Help us to see a perspective that's your perspective, God. That our days are limited. Our time is limited. And it's a resource that needs to be used well. Moses prayed that so you have that bigger picture about time, that it's a limited resource. Time truth number two is that time comes and goes without stopping. One of my favorite things to do is to find a body of water. I love being by water, whether it's the ocean, seeing the waves, whether it's a lake, or no doubt a river. And I love especially going by a raging river. For years when we lived out near Seattle, Washington, and Maple Valley, there was the Cedar River. It was this massive river that came out of the mountains and just flow on by. And I would find different spots and watch the water just flow by. And, and not just the water, but debris, leaves, and branches would be going down that river. And I could still picture it going by. Oftentimes, as I found myself praying by that river, I would oftentimes think, this is like my life. This is time, just flowing on by. And those branches, that branch would float on by, I would think and reflect on the fact that that branch will never be in that same place in that river at that same time ever again. It's a unique moment in time. And time just flows by, and it doesn't stop. You can't stop time. You could call a timeout in sports, but time still is rolling on. Time rolls on and moves. It doesn't stop. 
And that brings us to the third truth, is that not all moments in time are the same. If you think about moments in time, there's moments that, that are significant, so much more significant than others. We have to take advantage of those specific moments. Here, the Apostle Paul, when he says, make the most of every opportunity or redeem the time. If you've been around the Bible, you've heard preachers over the years, you've heard about multiple words for time in the Greek language. Right? One description of time is chronos, which is quantitative time. It's the time, it's the seconds, the minutes, the hours, the days. It's a description of time. It's the quantity of time. But it doesn't talk about the significance. There's another word called kairos, which means an opportune time, a season, a moment, a significant moment. It's the quality of that time. It's qualitative in nature. Early when the Apostle Paul said, be careful how you live, another way to describe live is to walk. And he's, it's like having a set of steps. He says, be careful how you, how you walk. I think about steps. A lot of us try to achieve 10,000 steps per day, right? And you think about those 10,000 steps. That's a quantity. So you get to the end of the day, you look at your watch, you look at your phone, whatever, however you track your steps. If there's over 10,000 steps, that's the quantity. But that quantity doesn't describe the quality of those steps. If you could play the movie of your day, all those steps, the 10,186 steps, just got over 10,000, that you had, <laughs> there's different level of quality of those steps. Sometimes maybe it's going up a stairs. Maybe it's where you were, a significant moment. If you could track all 10,186 steps, they wouldn't all be the same. Here in the New Testament, we see two uses of time. Sometimes it just describes the quantity. But here when he says make use, make the use, redeem the time, make use of every opportunity, that time is a qualitative, it's kairos, it's an opportune moment. Seize that moment is what Paul is saying. I know in my life, early on, I learned about the significance of time from a lesson that my dad taught me. Uh, he would always teach me, Jeff, there's only one day in human history, one moment, meaning today there's only one January 16th, 2022 ever, ever, today, that's it. And I remember he taught me this lesson, it was years, I remember it was my, after my freshman year in college. Uh, it was during the summer, and I had a friend in high school, a girl that I, I kind of dated and I was still interested in, but she wasn't really interested in me, but I was still trying to reach out to her. And it was the first summer I was up in New Hampshire. And I remember hearing word that she was visiting someone in Massachusetts. So I called her up and said, I want to come see you. And her response was lukewarm at best. <laughs> and she basically said, uh, I don't know. She was lukewarm. So I turned to my dad and go, Dad, I need some advice. I want to see this girl. She's important to me. And I think we're, this is a make or break time. And he said, Jeff, he goes, no, I actually use my full name, Jeffrey. <laughs> Jeffrey. You need to tell her there's only one July 4th, 1995, and I want to see you. Because you go all in and remember that moment. So I said, all right, Dad. So I got on the phone, got the courage, prayed it up, called her up. Hello? Said her name, waited a brief moment. Said, there's only one July 4th, 1995, and I want to come see you couple moments of silence and she said no <laughs> and hung up the phone <laughs> thanks a lot dad no but the fact <laughs> but even if it was an utter failure on my face I'll never forget that moment that he he's look there's only one and it's her decision if she decides no of course my dad you know, he's biased she loses so <laughs> but you got to put it out there 
ever since that lesson, I've said, there's only one. There's only one January 16, 2022. What are you and I going to do with it? What are the opportunities that we have? And so as we think about making wise decisions with our time, keep these time truths in the background. Because as we have these time truths in mind, we can then seek God's wisdom for how to make the best use of our time. So I want us to consider how we make deposits of our time and ask the question, what's the wise thing to do with our time? As we think about the lessons we've learned from our past, as we look towards our future, asking what's the wise thing to do with our time? And how does that play out physically? How does that play out relationally? How does that play out, no doubt, spiritually? And so as we make deposits, it's important. The types of time deposits we make, the decisions we make with our time, impact not only the present moment, but who we become. And so I want to give some time deposit, uh, some patterns. And these patterns come from multiple sources, no doubt from Scripture, um, no doubt from other sources and books. Some of you have read this book recently, Atomic Habits. This book has been so helpful to me to think about how human beings make decisions and the habits that they form, and specifically in how they use their time. Author and Pastor Andy Stanley and his podcast have been super helpful to me in terms of making, what does it mean to make the wise decision? And his book, Ask It, is a, is, is a special book around making wise decisions. These inputs have helped me in terms of these thoughts as things that I've observed. So let me give you some patterns in terms of time deposits. Pattern number one is this. There's a cumulative value to investing small amounts over a long period of time. It's cumulative. You make small deposits and make decisions and invest small amounts over time. It has a positive impact. It plays out physically, plays out relationally, plays out, no doubt, spiritually. Think about the physical. Right? If you get moving for 30 minutes every day and you do that every day, there's a cumulative impact. If you get your 10,000 steps every day, it's a cumulative impact. If you make the right decision on what to eat and you eat in a more healthy manner or drink more water, you do that every day, it has a cumulative impact positive impact. Same thing relationally. Make small deposits, small decisions. Choose to have a meal with your family. Have a conversation. Engage in the conflict. Pray with someone. Spend time with someone. Make that decision. If you make those small decisions every day, over the days, has a positive cumulative impact. And no doubt, spiritually. If you make the small deposits, it doesn't have to be super big ones. I'm not saying read the whole Bible in 24 hours. I'm saying make small cumulative decisions. Open your Bible every day. Even just read one verse. Say, God, what are you trying to show me about yourself? Pray every single day. Ask God. Turn to him. Seek his face. Serve someone in the name of Christ, whether here with our church or out in our community. Give away your life. Utilize your expertise. Utilize your financial resources to build up the body of Christ. Whatever that is, small, cumulative steps. I mean, small, deposits over time have a positive cumulative impact. That's time to, that's one. On the flip side, you have the negative. If we neglect making a deposit once, then there are, the consequences are small, but ongoing neglect also has a cumulative effect, meaning you can miss something once, and it's not a big deal. For me, I get an image of my lawn. Neglect it once, a little bit, for a week, a couple weeks, not a big deal right away, but you keep neglecting a lawn, it gets ugly over time, right? Cleaning a kitchen, we're not gonna get into it. But you get the idea of if you, don't, if you neglect something once, it's not a big deal for the day, for the moment, but if you keep neglecting it, it has a negative impact. 
And we know that it takes a lot to get a positive accumulation, and it just takes a little bit to knock that down. So you think about that physically, right? If you miss uh, exercising one day or if maybe you kind of splurge on a meal once, it's not a big deal once, but if that keeps going on, it has a negative impact on your health. Relationally, same thing. You could miss having a conversation, miss a meal with someone or miss someone's event or miss something, and once it's not a big deal, but if that keeps happening, it's going to have a negative cumulative effect. Same thing spiritually. If, if you miss, if you don't read the Bible one day, it's not a big deal, but make that a week, a month, a quarter, a year, you're going to start missing out. You miss praying once, one a day, not a big deal, but if that keeps happening, you're going to feel a disconnect with God. Worship services, right? You're here joining us online, you're here in person, you made the right decision, but if you miss once, it's not a big deal, right? But you miss it another week, another week, it's, you get out of rhythm. And then all of a sudden you find yourself worshiping other things, experiences, and people than God. And you start to look to other people, experiences, and things for only, what only God can give you. There's a negative impact, and it, and it accumulates over time when you miss. And this really plays out specifically as I think about parents and decisions, and it's not only for us in our own lives, but in fact, those that we love and influence. Right? If, especially for those that we love and influence, we have the opportunity to help, and especially as parents and grandparents, our children and grandchildren, to come into contact with the gospel and Jesus Christ. And so yes, being here on Sundays is important, and not missing is important. Decisions you make over the course of time, who, not only in the present moment, but who you want to be and who you want your children and grandchildren to be, it matters. And so coming and being here, part of what Christine has with her, our children's ministry is important. They're experiencing not only the content and learning about God, but the love of God by being a part of a church family. Same thing for middle schoolers and high schoolers and what all that Mike has going on in terms of junior high online and then and salt, it matters. And for those of you who are investing in those ministries, thank you for helping out with our children, for helping out with our students. It matters. Because if we miss one, not a big deal. Miss a week, miss a month, miss a quarter, you start to see the negative impacts. Lastly, number three is we cannot make up for lost time. We can't make up for lost time. The number one regret when I visit with people in hospitals or those who are in hospice, I have, and as they reflect on their life, the number one regret is that they lost time with loved ones. That they chose to do other things, whether it's a job or get wrapped up around certain things and, and lose time with loved ones. And over and over you could see people almost looking, reflecting over their life, wanting to reach back and say, give me back that time. Give me back that time with my spouse, with my children, with a friend. Lost time can't be made up. You cannot make up for that lost time. That applies physically. You may not work out for a whole year and forget weekend warrior, make it annual warrior, right? It's like, all right, I'm just signing up for a triathlon. Let's do it. See how that goes. Right, physically, you can't make up for lost time. Relationally, you can't make up for lost time. A month goes by, a quarter goes by, years. I, I reflect on some of my friendships that I've let slide over the years. I regret that. There's some dear friends I haven't stayed connected with. And no doubt, over time, even with the ones who are closest with us, if we neglect them, we can't get that time back. And spiritually, same thing. Uh, we can't just all of a sudden go on a retreat or, or, and, and go to something and think it's all going to be better. We're going to forget binge watching, binge reading, or I'm going I'm to take the whole Old Testament in the next 24 hours. That's a little intense, especially in Leviticus. But the fact that 
you can't make up for it all in one shot. You can't make up for lost time. So as we think about these patterns, think about these truths and these patterns of time deposits. If you think about making wise decisions, I want to give you one thing to remember, one thing to do, and a couple questions for reflection. And again, I encourage you to team up with someone. This week is time. Next week we're talking about how we invest our energy and expertise. And the last week we're going to talk about money. Find someone to team up with to, to really process these truths. One thing to remember is this. God provides wisdom to help us make the necessary decisions to redeem our time and to shape who we will become in Christ. God gives us the wisdom if we seek it. And we've seen it here in Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, Psalm 90, 12, and these these patterns. One thing to do is to redeem the time in your life by listing key areas. And here's my counsel to you. Write one thing you can start or restart doing this week that if done consistently would have a positive, cumulative impact. Some examples areas, again, are physical, relational, and spiritual. So I invite you to take a piece of paper, all right, physical, relational, spiritual, and reflect and think, what is one action I can do starting this week? If I built that in every day or every couple days, it would have a positive cumulative impact. And it could be physically. I know for me, I've been trying to drink a lot more water. I've been drinking a lot of water. And, and maybe it's a New Year's resolution, but it's not a New Year's resolution because the New Year's resolution or goal focuses on the outcome. Here, we need to be, get on a higher level. If we are to teach, in the words of Moses, teach us to number our days so we can gain a heart of wisdom, then we need to have the long game in mind. Who, are we, who do we want to become? Who's God calling us to become? And physically, for me, if it's to be a healthy person, that's not so much setting a goal in the outcome. It's not even the idea of drinking water. It's, it's who I want to become. And so that's just one small example. Relationally, what does that look like? Having a conversation, making, writing down a list of friends, whatever that is, find something relationally you can commit to, to do daily. I know for years, and I've let this slip, would be to pray with my daughters before they went to bed. And it happens every so often, because again, it's the cumulative piece. We've lost track of that. Now they're getting older, know, come into the room, and it's not the same in some ways, but, but to pray with them is an important piece. I need to be doing that. I don't know what that is for you, and spiritually, personally, what that means for you spiritually, if it's reading scripture, praying, serving, whatever that is, finding something to do daily. So if you make that small deposit every day, we'll have a cumulative positive impact. Consider what that is in terms of what it means for us to redeem the time, to redeem the time, to get the most value out of that time, recognizing that it's, that resource is limited. There's only so much that we have to work with. Some questions for reflection. Really ask you to slow down on this first one. Imagine, imagine it's your last day on earth and you're considering your life. Where do you think you lost time based on your decisions? And what would you do, what do you wish had been different? And then consider Consider now, how to live now in light of these reflections. I do this every so often. It's really humbling and really sober. If God willing, I could actually reflect on the last day and there's not some way that my life is taken suddenly. But to think about your last day of life and reflect and say, where, where have I lost time? What could I do differently now in light of that reflection? Think about that. Number two, who is God calling you to be 
And who do you want to become physically, relationally, and spiritually? Reflect on that. This is less about goals and New Year's resolutions and more so getting to a, a bigger picture. Who do you want to become? And who do you believe God's calling you to become? And keep that in mind as you think about how you can make time deposits and seek to make wise decisions with your time. Number three, again, what is one practice or habit that you can start or restart this week to make time deposits physically, relationally, and spiritually? I mean, imagine. Imagine if we took this to heart. Imagine if we really sought to live into the words of the Apostle Paul to make the most of every opportunity, to redeem the time time that's flowing by like that river and if there's that stick that's going by in the river just reaching in and grabbing it saying I'm taking I'm seizing the day seizing the moment not for ourselves but ultimately for God's glory based on what he wants for us and what's wise is what's best according to his word and his way Um, I want to finish with Ephesians 5 15 through 17 one more time when we read this be very careful then how you live not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. May God give you grace and additional blessings as you seek to redeem the time starting today, this week, and in the weeks ahead. Let's pray. Father in heaven, We ask for wisdom. We ask for help. We ask that you would help us to take what we've heard today, reflecting on your word, this challenge, this call to action to make the most of every opportunity, God, to redeem the time. Help us to see with your eyes what that means for our lives, physically, relationally, spiritually. Lord, help us to surrender to your love and surrender our lives more to you. And as we give ourselves to you, as we make these time deposits, God, that we would honor you more and more and that we would see a difference. Help us to have wisdom. Teach us the number of our days so that we could gain that heart of wisdom and may that impact our lives starting today in the hours ahead, the days ahead, and the weeks to come. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.